Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Convoys Podcast. I am Josh. And I'm Aaron. And today, uh, what are we talking about, Aaron? Today, we are going to talk about finding themes in an album. Or a theme. Yeah. Or it could be singular, you know, singular. Doesn't have to be, you uh, know. Theme, themes. In, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about today, and I think we have—I'm sure we have a lot of thoughts about albums, whether we've made albums or we've listened to albums over mm-hmm. the many years of our musical journey. So, yeah, yeah. So, what what do you think about themes within an album, Josh? Like, what's what, and what is your approach to? Writing an ep- writing songs according to a theme or approaching an album with a theme in mind, whether it's right. intentionally or unintentionally, yeah, or yeah. something that you discover along your uh, journey of songwriting or writing. In, for I an think album? it's kind of. I think it's kind of the latter. I guess. I mean, so for me, like, I guess how I feel about themes is that I think having a theme for an album is generally. And this might also just be because I'm like, I come from a generation as far as records that I've listened to. I guess, I don't know, I don't know if it's from my generation, but I listen to a lot of like, you know, Beatles records and Queen records and freaking prog records and whole gamut of records, right? And even if it's not intentional, there always has that, there is always that sense of, I guess, a theme within a record in a way, yeah. whether it's musically or lyrically or whatever um i mean so as far as like for me personally as far as like as far as the the stuff that i do in like crew black a lot of it is kind of um kind of i guess it is kind of um yeah like i said the latter where i feel like a lot of times i'm more like discovering the theme as i'm going kind of thing i mean usually i mean the way it kind of works for me is that when i'm writing a record which Nowadays, anyway, I kind of I kind of don't set out to make an album. I always say that an album chases after me, kind of thing. Oh yeah. In the in the sense that, like, most of the time, I just write a bunch of songs, and I'm like, oh, I have an album, cool. Right, <laughs> right, okay. Um, but I, I will say, like, I guess um, for me, usually, I guess I can kind of it, it's a bit of both in a way where. Like, I might write maybe five songs, and they're all kind of leaning towards a certain direction, maybe. Right. Um, like, lyrically. And so, for me, usually, it like, when I have that, and it also kind of depends on where I'm at, like, emotionally, or where I'm at seasonally, in a way, where, um, and then, usually, then, I'll kind of think about, I guess, okay, what's kind of, like, I'll, generally, you can kind of see a commonality, especially when you write a bunch of songs in one, like, you know, over the course of, like, a year, for example, or a few months kind of thing, you do feel there is definitely, like, a commonality lyrically um, as far as, like, what you're writing. And so what happens is that, yeah, like, the first part is, like, oh, discovering, like, oh, they're, like, oh, that's the theme, maybe, like, maybe this is the theme of the record, it's, like, this, or whatever, and then, um, you kind of then can, you kind of build, I guess, when you're writing, you kind of then start to kind of get more into that headspace, in a way, because you know that, oh, this is kind of the theme that we're kind of going with right now, maybe, 
Yeah. I'm not exactly, but it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not exactly sure if this is the theme, but yeah. this is definitely the vibe that I'm getting right now. And it also kind of depends. Like, I mean, for me, it depends if I'm trying to tell a story or not as well. Um, okay. Because the minute once you start having that thing of like, oh, I'm trying to st- tell a story with the album, then I would say then you definitely have to be a little bit more intentional with like what kind of songs you write as well. Like yeah. it's like, oh well, like it's like well this like I have like well this song has to this kind of a song needs to be here because that that needs to connect these two songs because it's not gonna make sense if you don't have that song there. You know sometimes, and sometimes uh, you know sometimes you have that per se. Like the first record kind of was a had a has a story to it or had a story yep. to it you know um and then same with this like you know upcoming uh album which by by the time actually by the time you guys hear this podcast the album's probably out at this point already yeah um, yeah yeah probably uh at this rate but and like yeah with like this current album that it's going to be out it it kind of is the same thing where i was definitely writing a bunch of songs and then um, I guess I definitely notice a commonality with the stuff that I was writing about. And then from there, I kind of was like, I, I wouldn't say like I was intentionally writing those kinds of songs, but I was definitely more cognizant of like, okay, this is kind of where my headspace is at. We'll see where like the songs kind of go and like, you know, and then, and then especially once you have like more of a story driven album, then you can, then you really start to like think like, okay, well, um, I need this kind of a song lyrically because it, it needs to make sense from here to, to get from point A to point C. I need point B here to make it make sense kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is kind of like a bit of both in a way when it comes to at least a, like uh, at least as far as a story kind yep. of based album, but even like a theme based record, you can kind of like, you, you kind of don't really, at least for me, I don't, I, I don't necessarily walk in with a theme per se, unless like I'd have to be really inspired about a certain theme, I guess, to write a whole record about it. Um, but generally speaking, it is kind of like the sum of the parts where like, I'll write a bunch of, so- I'll be writing music and then I'll be like, oh, there's all these songs that kind of are tied maybe lyrically or even musically, you know, it doesn't have to be lyrically. It doesn't have to be like, you know, talking about the same lyrical kind of topic. It could be musically, you know, um, they're all kind of connected in that sense. So I guess like for me, it's like a bit of both. I don't know if that really answers the question per se, (laughs) but it it kind of is a bit of both for me. And like, and you kind of like are in this kind of like, it's, it's really cool because you're kind of in this discovery, like while you're writing the record, you're kind of discovering as you're going of like, oh, like these are a certain songs and that I'm writing right now. And this is kind of what I'm feeling kind of thing. And you just kind of, you kind of notice a commonality and then you kind of just see as the album progresses, I guess, you know? Um, I mean, like this is a bit of a spoiler alert to some of you guys, but I'm also, I'm like, even though I'm releasing a second album, I already have a bunch of other songs that we were talking off like, we were talking off record anyway, and it's like I essentially have a, probably a third record to this right at this point already uh, yes, <laughs> on my hands. Yes. And I would say with this one is definitely this this these sets of songs are completely different, you know, and like they're in terms of like uh, like I guess lyrically in a way. But th- it's like an example. But like that, that would like when I was writing those songs anyway, I definitely noticed the theme and it wasn't. And same thing, I was like, oh, I noticed a theme, and then. But I think this time around, like I was definitely. Li- I like as I'm writing this current record I'm probably kind of like 
kind of just seeing where it goes kind of thing see where like what new songs that pop up and see if they fit within the theme and that's the other thing right sometimes you'll have a theme and then you'll write a bunch of songs and then sometimes they don't fit that theme yeah and uh and, and it does like and it is one of those things where you then have to kind of think about like uh what you can do with those songs kind of thing so and then there's many options you can do like because sometimes like yeah you can either change the theme to fit like that like i guess this new song and th- that's kind of what my kind of like thing is is that it's like my question is is like okay how good is this song if, if the song's really freaking good like that it's like it's worth changing the theme then i think it's worth putting it on the record kind of thing right if it's not it, not to say that it's not as amazing, but if it's not like mine, like it is like this is like this is one of the best songs I've written so far. Can I think if it's not that kind of like level of, you know, whatever songness, um, then I kind of think to myself, okay, well, maybe I can release it as a single, like as a, just as a standalone, maybe you know, because I like the song. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's song yeah. like there's songs like that, like the song Seven Thirty. Like that's an example of like it didn't really it didn't really fit even though like maybe like the overall theme like it fit within the theme it didn't fit within the story of the record and so it was like well it's not i mean i like the song i just can't put it in the on the record so you just you know for me it's like well i can i'll just release this as a single and then you know whatever yeah so i, I guess okay. that's kind of like i guess my approach to like when it comes to themes and like having a theme for an album is like yeah you kind of like you don't necessarily write intentionally with that theme, but you kind of like, as you're writing, you're kind of making mental notes of like, okay, yeah, maybe this could fit on the record or oh, it's like, okay, uh, it doesn't fit on the record. Maybe we can change the theme, you know? Cause that, that you can totally do that as well. You know, yeah. you yeah. totally change the theme of a record like, you know, like that. So yeah. Yep. So I guess that's, that's, I guess that's kind of like, at least from a songwriting point of view, I guess for me. Yeah. Um, yeah as far as so themes it's what i gather from you is that it's kind of like because you mentioned discovery of yeah songs so it's more sounds more to me like you're uncovering a theme and i guess so yeah seeing, seeing where it goes and yeah yeah and then trying to fit songs in in the most coherent kind of way so instead of like yeah. going okay this is my theme and i'm going to write songs around this theme yeah it's more of you writing a bunch of songs and then finding out that oh actually these songs kind of follow a particular theme so yeah uh, i'd say so and then it's like yeah at the end it's like being on the cutting floor and yeah trying to like put together these songs that that are related to a theme but mm-hmm. then trying to like arrange them in an album format in the most coherent way kind of thing oh for sure i mean there's a whole art in like like song or like song order you know like you can like people debate over that thing like you know in bands or whatever for hours potentially you know where it's like no this song should go this should be the first song or no this should be like screw you that should be the first song or like whatever you know like yeah 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 whatever stuff like that like i it's totally a thing um but it, it, you know, I think it's worth it though. I think like there's, um, I think it's one of the things where, especially now in this era of like singles and like, uh, like people want things fast, right? I think there is 
I think there is still some merit in the idea of giving people a reason to listen to an album instead of just having a collection of 10 songs or whatever, you know, you can kind of see it as like, I, I kind of see a, an album like as if it's like the artist's they're writing their own song and giving you a playlist of songs. It's like, this is like the way I would structure this playlist of songs, you know? You know? So that's how I kind of, I guess that's how I kind of see it. So I think that there's a, definitely a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, I guess, coolness about fitting songs in a way where um, it kind of gives, it maybe it does tell a story musically or lyrically or whatever. Um, but you are, but yeah, definitely. Like, I think definitely like the whole, like, um, like writing a bunch of songs and then like yeah culling them or finding whichever works definitely at least for me that definitely happens a lot you know yeah. I'll, I'll definitely write like who knows how many songs or whatever as you know um <laughs> yeah yeah and being quite and, a prolific songwriter that you are every week is like oh yeah Aaron, i wrote a new song yeah 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 <laughs> well some people just gotta gotta get it all out yeah yeah, yeah 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 so. um but definitely, like, I, I would say, like, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I, I mean, I think, and then we can, we can probably go into, like, a whole other episode about, like, probably more in depth about, like, just the whole process of, um, you know, writing, a, like, how do you go about, like, once you've run, do you write a bunch of songs and then call it, or do you just write specifically 10 songs and just try to make them good? Like, there's, that's, we can have a whole other conversation about that. Maybe we'll yeah. talk about that in, on another episode or something, but. Um, yeah, sure. I would definitely say at least for me these days anyway, I try to write like a bunch of like just more than more than like, you know, 10, 20, so like how many songs or whatever. And then just cull it down to whatever fits, I guess, the theme in some way. Right, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, yeah. I mean, that's my approach anyway. I mean, for you, Aaron, I think like, uh, I guess because you, I mean, you haven't released that album yet. No. Yet. Em emphasis on yet. No, it's, it's, um, I don't know. <laughs> yes, but. It will happen. You guys. Sometime. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. it will happen sometime. Sometime. <laughs> I, I mean, like for you, like as like a, as a fan of music still, like you're still a fan of music. Like, do you, is that something you think about when you're listening to like a record for example like do you think like oh there's like i'm noticing these themes or whatever kind of thing like as a, just as a fan of a artist yeah yeah i mean some some albums like i would say all right let's take melancholy and the infinite sadness as an example so yeah. billy corgan wrote it from the perspective of a teenager who was going right. through various moods or various mm. seasons through right, yeah. romance <clears throat> through angst through rage through mm -hmm. yeah or feeling lighthearted and stuff and yeah i would say that the lyrics are not completely clear on how this teenager feels like he's not yeah he's not as expressing really concrete ideas about life and mm. about feelings yeah yeah but i would say he's the way billy corgan wrote the songs that this this character is expressing himself more to more true emotions and mm. like yeah the, the lyrics are kind of like a vehicle to express yeah. 
to express emotions and not not necessarily mm-hmm. concrete ideas yeah. of themselves, but more mm-hmm. more abstractions of emotions. Like the lyrics, yeah. the lyrics are, are one way to carry the song and the emotions, but the instrumentation is a very vital and important part of yeah. carrying these emotions. And mm-hmm. you get songs like, say, Tales of a Scorched Earth, where you got all the guitars and drums going off at a crescendo and everything is loud and massive. And the lyrics are pretty incoherent. So... Yeah. (laughs) But judging from the ferocity of the instrumentation, you you know that this guy is having a rage fit, right? He's flipping (laughs) flipping tables and... Yeah, just, just throwing a rage fit. Basically. Yeah, just uh, just another day. <laughs> just another day, right? And it's it's not, it's not very. The lyrics are not co- coherent at all. It's yeah, yeah. It yeah. almost feels like a a jumbled, angry heap, basically of mm. basically someone who's just venting, really. And yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, it's I feel like these lyrics do play a vital role in the song. Like yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. like. You can have angry sounding guitars and a whole wall of sound and aggressive drumming. But if you yeah. had really precise and and very straightforward to the point lyrics about a certain thing or subject or issue, I right. feel like it yeah, it would sound pretty off. Because mm. the instruments are so chaotic, but the lyrics are so precise. And I think yeah. the way Billy Corgan wrote it, it just flows very well with the whole instrumentation kind of thing. Because the Smashing yeah. Pumpkins are not a band known for, I don't know, poignant or precise lyrics. Right. Like if you if you take okay if you take like say the Smashing Pumpkins album, versus say something from Rage Against the Machine. Right. Where the lyrics are more political and therefore they're yeah. very obvious. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're not okay. Well, obviously they're ranting against capitalism mm-hmm. and corporations and and yeah. greed and yeah, big government and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's that the, the whole album. Well, I would say. Okay, if we take their first album, their debut album, right? Like, yeah. It's... Okay, as far as I know, it's not really following a particular storyline. Yeah. But at the same time, you can tell the songs are very politically mm. charged. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, so you can tell that the whole theme is very... You know, political. very <laughs> political, left-wing, yeah. anti-capitalist... Um, lyricism and it's it's interesting because the instrumentation for that is angry and aggressive as well but it's yeah it's angry and aggressive in a different way so like Mm. for Rage Against the Machine I feel like the songs are more precise lyrically yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and the instrumentation like the drums uh, I find are more what, what, what would I call it? More 
precise in a way that the beats are more straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, simple yeah. and straightforward. Just banging. Yeah, banging just beats. banging, just laying it, laying those down beats down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and the, the guitars. I think the guitars as well, like the riffs. The riffs are, are like, you know, it's just one money riff after the other. That kind of yeah. thing, I feel. It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. very it's simple and it's very distinct mm. and yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it's repetitive but in a good way in in the sense that yeah, it's yeah. trying to convey a point from a musical mm. perspective. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you get you have like so that's the theme that I that's the feel I get from listening to Rage Against the Machine is as in in the sense that everything is very political, everything is very yeah. concrete and Mm. Precise lyrically, mm. whereas, for example, say the Smashing Pumpkins, right? It's like the in- the instrumentation is more complex. It's like you've got right. a wall of sound and various yeah, yeah. different kinds of instrumentation, like from mm. from massive wall of sound guitars to like yeah. orchestration and and synth pop and electronica. I mean that yeah, yeah. that whole like melancholy and infinite sadness like it's a, like a whole like eclectic trove of experiences by itself right yeah and, yeah, yeah. And, and even like for a double album how they they name it you know from like the first well back in the day when they released when they used to release albums <laughs> in cds right <laughs> like the first disc is, is, like you would call it from like what was it from dawn till dusk right so that's like the daytime side of the album and then you have like the b side you know which they call from twilight to starlight which is a whole different theme of of the album and and it's Uh. very interesting because like they're they're using like the instrumentation is pretty consistent all the way it's like most of the time it's 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 really yeah electric guitars and drums and bass that's driving the whole thing yeah but when they insert <coughs> themes like from mm. from dawn to dusk on the first side and from twilight to starlight on the second yeah. side it's like yeah i don't know it it kind of makes people or kind of makes me like draw inferences from the sound right and from the lyrics, it's like when they, you know, when they, when you go onto the second side, you know, oh yeah, so mm. now everything is, yeah, we're, we're moving from, from daytime into nighttime, and yeah, that kind of like changes the whole feel of the songs. I feel, mm. and yeah, it's it probably is very interesting how Billy Corgan picked out the songs because he wrote so many yeah, songs, yeah. like like you, Josh. <laughs> he was a prolific songwriter and. <laughs> it's interesting how he it's interesting to get inside his head to figure out like yeah, yeah. how he picked the songs and why he picked the songs the way he picked which I, I felt yeah. like he, he chose his picks really well like yeah. he released like this whole like album of b-sides when it came to like the aeroplane flies high it's like mm. in that album I felt like there were a lot of really good songs but at the same time like <laughs> i felt i felt like they don't really fit in the melancholy yeah. universe and i felt it was yeah. so fitting for billy corgan to like exclude them and put them into a whole like 
five Other. disc B side <laughs> called <laughs> The Aeroplane Flies well, High. And even that yeah. album by itself, even though it's like an, uh, a whole like eclectic mix of B sides, I, f- I still feel like it had like a coherent mm. feel to it in a B side yeah. kind of way. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Like some it's, albums. It's kind of like, uh, I think it's uh, kind of coherent in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like how. Um, I, I kind of it's almost like directors you know like when you hear like directors like they cut out their favorite scenes from their movies right right it's like one of those things where it's like i think it's the same principle where where it's like sometimes it's like you might have a really good song but it's like doesn't really serve the purpose of the yeah. theme in a way yeah and so yeah. it's like it is a hard choice you have to make right where you're just like well I like it, but it just doesn't work in the theme of this. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's, that's actually, I think kind of to tie, I guess, this whole conversation to not just like musicians, but artists in general, you know? Because um, I'm, I'm sure there might be some people that are listening to, to this podcast that aren't just, that aren't musicians. You know, maybe some of you guys are artists or photographers or, I don't know, directors or whatever. I don't know. I don't know who listens to the podcast, but so, I don't know. But point is, I think like it, it's I, I think you can definitely apply I think that same principle to like any art form, right? Yeah. Like a movie, yeah. for example, where scenes in a movie or or sections in a movie are like the songs, where it's like, well, does the section serve the story of the song? Eh, no, not really. Well, I guess you kind of have to cut it out of the story. I guess gotta cut it out of the movie, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Because like at the end of the day, you only have like 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 an album you only have like x amount of minutes to fill you can't i mean you can and that's where the director's cut comes in right yeah but yeah that's it it's like um a lot of times with most movies it's like at best maybe you have an hour and a half probably most films have about an hour and a half unless you're like a freaking star wars or a i don't know marvel film maybe you can get it like two hours maybe kind of thing yeah. right or a christopher nolan film you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like where you can kind of get away with that. But for the most part, anyway, most of the times you have kind of like a relatively strictest amount of s- space. And it's the same thing with music, you know. Most people, anyway, probably will put out like, at most, you can probably put out maybe 13 or so songs, kind of thing, 12, yep. 13 songs for an album. 14 if you really are very, uh, <laughs> if you really want to stretch, or 15 if you want to really stretch the limits of the. Uh, the record in a way um but i think it's definitely applicable to um all other art forms you know um like whether or even like a gallery of paintings right you know yeah. sometimes it's like you want to fit all these like visual themes that fit together in some way yep um yep and, and i think yeah it can really like span so many like there's so many different like way like like the themes doesn't have to be lyrically or like meaning wise per se. It can literally just be style wise as well. You know, like I think like a great example is uh, like the Foo Fighters, like Wasting Light, right? That whole album is just one, just like just banger after banger, like just banger head rock songs essentially. Yeah, M- minus maybe you know maybe minus I should have known, but like pretty much every song on that record is just you know balls to the wall rock stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is, I don't think there is a lyrical theme in that, that record. But you, when you listen to it, there's definitely a musical theme to it and a oh, yeah. sonic theme to it. You know, the whole theme of like, let's record everything in a garage. Yeah, know? that's it. <laughs> you know, and I think that's kind of the beauty of like art is that you can, 
whatever theme you define is kind of like it can be anything you know it can really yeah. be anything whether it is lyrically or sonically or musically or even like whatever whatever paint if it's paint if you're a painter or whatever you know maybe you only use one particular technique of painting or whatever like whether it's just oil painting or if you're a filmmaker maybe you only just use film cameras for example you know mm. you only just use like reel-to-reel film cameras and that's it you can't you don't use any digital or whatever you know as far as the filming process or or i don't know whatever like or if you're a photographer you only use one particular um color theme i guess you know there's so yeah. many ways you can create themes that are interesting um because i think that ultimately and i think this is the i guess maybe the root question of it all doesn't matter to have a theme right does it matter that that a collection of work has a theme yeah you know yeah, yeah. And, it's, and i would say i would say i i think like i would say yes <laughs> yeah yeah like it, it it has to have a flow right like yeah i i'm not like even if you have different styles within an album yeah it's like there is a difference between having one style flow seamlessly to another mm. right versus yeah. having just a compilation of artists in a single album like it's like <laughs> most modern artists <laughs> yeah which is which is interesting because like you can have like a, an album like which is a cohesive whole from start to finish like it follows yeah. like a particular style and it has like mm. could be a lyrical or musical theme but everything just yeah flows seamlessly right and then yeah, like yeah. versus like a Christmas album where you have like various <laughs> artists like one after the other or like or like uh, you know yeah, yeah. back in the day when there used to be this thing called you know now that's what I call a music kind of compilation where they put like the flavor oh. of the month or the flavor of the year and just one this this oh, one compilation right. album or you could or, yeah. or, or you have these like wow compilation hits right where you get oh, like, I remember those. all these christian artists in one compilation album right like it's yeah it's yeah. nice for listening to in the car and uh, for like casual listens but there's yeah. not really a theme to it yeah it's just like it's more like a more like what, what, what would i call it more like a playlist like i wouldn't even call I mean, it yeah. i call it i wouldn't even call it a, a mixtape because like really good mixtapes have a theme as well to them yeah yeah kind of thing so yeah yeah so it's like i guess like depending on how people approach it and how much intention yeah. they have to it like there is a difference between like an album that flows really well or yeah. a well-constructed a well-constructed mixtape that flows really well versus yeah. your normal run-of-the-mill compilation CD or album. Or yeah, just yeah. Random artists just put together, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting because in this day and age of algorithms, right, I, I remember yeah. back in the day, in the early 2000s, when, when this app, Pandora came out. Oh, and yeah. And it was this it was this what they call like it's kind of like internet radio, but yeah, this yeah, app yeah. was different from all the other li- uh, music listening apps in its time yeah. in the way that it applied AI and it also applied I right. don't know. I I guess they had a human there compiling mixtapes <laughs> and stuff. I but guess so, yeah. The idea behind it was that you would type an artist 
for say for example say dream theater and Pandora right. would play you dream theater songs but at the same time it would start playing artists that that are not dream theater but yeah, might be yeah, related yeah. to dream theater and, and they might yeah, be things yeah. that Pandora thinks that you would like so what it's I kind re- of like the um, what I really like about like Spotify discovery <laughs> that's kind of like Spotify discovery kind of thing yeah yeah but for for its day like yeah, I yeah. thought it was really good like whatever they did mm. with the AI or whatever whatever the employees did like I thought it was really good because the way that yeah, yeah. the app was able to accurately suggest songs to you yeah. like it right. really kind of followed a really good theme which is uh. I guess it's algorithmic but that it was a pioneer for its day hmm. right like yeah, yeah. which which we now all take for granted right with like Spotify oh, yeah. discovery well I don't know I, I kind of feel like the discovery f- like the discovery playlist is not that great I don't know yeah <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know I, I don't think it's a bit hit or miss for me actually <laughs> yeah 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 and it's, it's interesting because like instead of getting a human like you're getting AI to like yeah. Discover and the robots are telling you yeah, what you should listen to. Data about your taste and some of it yeah, is yeah. is pretty spot on. Whereas yeah, some yeah. of it I remember when I first tried out what was it called? Apple's Apple's music thing. Apple music. Apple music. Yeah. And they yeah. had this like kind of like Pandora ish feature. And it, yeah, it was yeah. it was way off. It would just recommend the most <laughs> random and the most awful artists. <laughs> Which yeah, which was terrible and very unapple-like. So yeah, uh. like even even today, right? It's like themes in AI. It's like mm. especially for like recommending music to you. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's important for for me at least. The, the I think so. Yeah, the listener. And the other yeah. thing I wanted to touch on was um, yeah, just uh, the cutting room, right? It's like. Right. Like one thing that came to mind was that you know if a director had to cut his favorite scene from the yeah. movie, it it just means yeah. that that's probably a really good movie to to start mm. off with. And and the yeah. reason I'm saying that is that it's a really good movie because the director had so many ideas, and yeah. he probably had a lot of favorite ideas. Yeah. But he had to cut like some of his favorite ideas because. Mm. There were there were other favorite ideas that just suit the main team better. Yeah. And and although he had his favorite ideas, like for running time purposes, like it's just impossible yeah. to fit all these ideas into one movie. Like yeah. it would just be too long and unwieldy, right? And maybe well. some of these ideas would be variations of the same thing or duplicates. Yeah. So like they had yeah, to make yeah. a call of which shot which angle or which part of the story like yeah told like told the story the best i would say yeah 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 but yeah. that's so, yeah. that's actually a good problem to have it just means that you have yeah. so many good ideas you had to like i think so yeah edit edit like the good but not great ideas out of it and save yeah. the best ideas right yeah and yeah i think, I think so that that's such a that's such a good problem to have you know, versus <laughs> so. versus someone who's trying to 
come up yeah. with a theme mm, trying to write yeah, an album yeah. full of songs to like conform right. to a theme I don't know it's it's kind of like I don't know you, you know how some of these like okay like like a, an idea from that is like say video games right video games back in the day like they were really right. good they were so good yeah. that some some Christian corporate Christian companies right tried to like yeah recreate these games but in a christian format oh really yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> like rpg christian games and rpg noah oh or my RPG gosh moses like That's, i what in is the <laughs> most cringy way possible like in the most yeah. cringy and preachy way possible oh yeah and it's yeah. like you know it's kind of like giving christianity a bad rap because it's like yeah it's like yeah we generally want our theme to be like you know like a bible-centered gospel centered kind of thing yeah but at the same time it's like they kind of like gloss over a lot of details or worse mm. they copy details from these yeah. secular games and try to like fit it into like their game which is yeah. like it's it's very disingenuous because yeah it's kind of like a veggie veggie patty in the sense that you're <laughs> okay. trying to copy meat and you're trying to like take something Oof. that you know is Oof. is not meat <laughs> but Oof, you're trying careful. to make it you're trying to pass it <laughs> off as meat but then you're saying no but this is much healthier this is this is actually good for you kind of i feel like i feel like this is turning into aaron's rant session about a certain uh a few a few burger places that are trying to substitute meat <laughs> i don't know man i think it's just something that just came to mind i I, I i i get this. not not that i particularly frequent vegetarian yeah, sure. places, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, 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 like yeah. you know bad substitutes or trying to yeah. come up with something contrive just to fit a particular theme which is why you know sometimes i understand why christianity gets a bad rap sometimes like okay like another example is like say netflix right (laughs) when you have like all these so netflix is actually you know coming up with all these original content which i think is really good right Mm -hmm. and then you get the alternatives like pure flicks right that's a thing yeah, it's uh, it's actually oh, a thing, wow. you know. It's like it's it's Netflix but for like Christians. What? what the? Hence Pure Flix, right? Yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah. weird. Right? That's and so it's, weird. And it's oh like okay, I didn't like know this existed. It's like it's like their theme is like it's yeah. It's like it's kind of like Netflix inspired content, so you get like adventure yeah rom-coms and sitcoms and and all that but all with like a christian theme to it right and it's interesting because like some of this content it's like you don't find any like okay you don't find anything preachy in it like gospel or stuff in it but they still call it christian because it doesn't have any like innuendo or (laughs) any like you know off color or like inappropriate jokes but at the same time it's like where like all these innuendos are gone they're just replaced by really cringy Cringy. dad jokes or preacher jokes uh yeah yeah (laughs) that kind of thing so yeah yeah so like that's i I guess that's what i'm trying to get at like in terms of like 
something being so contrived that it, it feels think, like it's a substitute of the real thing. Right. I think it's a balance. I think as an artist anyway, when you have a theme, I guess it's kind of like it depends kind of thing. Um, like I think there's definitely like it's kind of that whole thing of like you can create a theme, but in a way that you, you can set a theme at the start yeah. where... But you can do it in a way where it's more like you're def- you're defining okay here are the boundaries of what works within this theme right yeah um, but as and so as long as it stays within that theme and the thing the theme is big enough that it can ha- handle enough diversity then you can kind of still like get your differences with with still within with like be, but still able to like kind of maintain a certain theme i guess in a way so i think right. like it, it kind of depends on the theme i think as well and like how you kind of go about it yeah but yeah if you if you go in with the minds if i guess like pure flicks uh i i don't know i've ne- i didn't even know this existed <laughs> yeah apparently it's a thing you know like that's funny <laughs> Yeah, and, and I yeah, remember. I maybe this will. Maybe that'll be. We'll, we'll do another episode about this. Sure, <laughs> this sure. If you, if you want, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's. I don't it'll know. It's, it's fest. terrible, but it's amusing at the same time. It's just, it, it, it's just gonna turn into like Aaron, Aaron rants about. <laughs> well, you know, it's um, it it's certainly a theme, but it's a very forced and contrived theme. Yeah, it kind of gives you like the feeling of like you know how like you have kids on stage and they're trying to like dance but they're not really good at it but you okay. have to clap anyway because you have to be polite oh, and children well, like performing it's true. kind of thing it's true. that that yeah. level of cringiness I would say right kind of theme. whereas <laughs> when you look at like like say like a kid drummer right like it's yeah. And that, and he's really good. Like you don't have to be polite. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, he's really good, which I I feel like it applies to themes as well. Because like mm. you can have like something that's that's really good, really original. For example, yeah. like you know, back to the movie Back to the Future, where every right. everything is is themed around yeah, using a DeLorean to go back in time, and yeah, and and the theme how, how do i describe this theme it's like it's like a contrast going between back into, using it's, like it's this like really futuristic <laughs> and cutting edge device like a delorean right to go back in time to a but time of like but it's also set in the sorry? 80s hey? <laughs> but it's also set in the 80s <laughs> and it's set in the 80s as well but it's yeah it's but i mean it came out in 1985 right which which yeah. is like it was the right age for its time but at the same time you know you have like your fully decked out delorean like with cutting edge technology but then yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. traveling to the future with this cutting edge technology you're traveling back into the past so yeah, yeah i feel yeah. like it's a theme of opposites really which i, I find right. it so it's really cool because like yeah, yeah and like if we look if we watch this movie now right it's like yeah. Everything has like a retro futuristic vibe. Mm. But at the same time it's like it's traveling back in time to like was it yeah, it was traveling back in time to the fifties. So it's it's kind right. of like a cool kind of thing in the same way that that this movie was made in the eighties, so it's dated in that sense, but it's yeah, dated yeah. in the retro 
futuristic kind of way, which I always <laughs> the, felt the was retro cool. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's kind of like all right. Another thing is like it's it's interesting how it's like you look at like things like they used to have this thing called like tomorrow's fair, right? Where they introduce like the most cutting edge technology of the time. Right. It's it's kind of similar to like today's like CES, right? The Consumer Electronics Show of today. Or like right. even like the the NAM show of today where all these music producers like show off the latest stuff. But but yeah. back in the nineteen thirties, right, you have like the world of tomorrow. <laughs> and right. they show like all these like cutting edge gadgetry. Okay, may it's not right. just cutting edge gadgetry of like the future, right? Of like the year twenty twenty or the year two thousand one, right? Like it's they also yeah. like showcase a lot of this art as well. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting because it's like the theme of all of this is right is that okay, you get people like of the nineteen thirties, which is of the present age, but at the same time they're rocking all these like gadgetry that yeah. that these like imagineers of the nineteen thirties like imagine it to be <laughs> imagineers, that's the best that's the best description you can Right, right. <laughs> but but it's it's like it's like how do I call it? It's like it's imagined future gadgetry, but it's still it like if you look at it now retrospectively, it's still like Yeah. It's future themed gadgetry but right. based on a nineteen thirties perspective. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you got these like space stations, right? Yeah, and yeah. Everyone's just like is like dress in what looks like the future then but now it just looks like just a dated. retro i don't know it's like it's like a retro looking <laughs> kind of future which mm. which I, I find fascinating as a yeah, yeah as a thing right it's like mm. i can only imagine like future generations from now watching oh, a yeah. movie like tron or star <laughs> trek and and thinking of wow these guys were like that's how they imagined the future to be yeah, but yeah. Looking back, I look forward. Eh? I look forward to when people see uh, our like when I look forward to when people see us like from in the future and they look at our bezelless phones and they're like, "Wow, yeah, those are so like exactly. they'll be like, wow, that looks like those are so like re- that's so retro." Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh, having it. the bezels, uh, having the bezels is so retro. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Because like you know, especially with like consumer devices, right? Everybody wants to look edgy everyone wants to look futuristic <laughs> like that's the theme right is that 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 is what yeah, sells yeah, yeah. smartphones that is what sells like operating that's what sells systems, the money right <laughs> yeah but yeah, you can imagine a hundred years from now and people are looking back at what what used to be futuristic or cutting edge for its time just, uh, just <laughs> they're like wow this is cute like wow wow this is so dated this is cute you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's uh, so interesting right where, where yeah, it's yeah. like it's like I don't know it's like okay like consumer consumer objects today are trying to like imagine the future or they're like trying to emulate the future right yeah yeah and but when it comes to like guitar guitar or music equipment or let, let's just let's just go with guitars like equipment right yeah yeah and it's so interesting because like 
people are not trying to imagine the sound of the future. I don't think. Like, okay, you get like yeah. exceptions to the rule, but you people get... are not necessarily trying to imagine. I guess it's the like sound those of the pe- future when it comes to guitars. I guess the. I guess the people that are trying to pursue those sounds are generally still within that niche field kind of thing as well. Yeah. You so know? I think I'd say like even like um like for example like yeah like uh I don't know I'm trying to think like I mean you could say the whole eight string nine string whatever yeah. thing is a I don't know whatever even uh, that that being said though the seven strings and eight strings were around dr- in the nineties so yeah that's it that's it yeah <laughs> you could argue that anyway yeah, but yeah. I mean I mean I mean a great example is like people like um um oh, like guitar like like guitar players like Nito and um. Uh, Yvette from uh, oh, what's what's that band? I can't remember her band's name, but um, or like guys like Mark Holcomb or whatever, like that kind of like, not mat like that slightly like that technical playing, but it's like yeah, almost like not it. It's not what you think of technical playing, yet it sounds like different, you know. So that that might be an example. I guess so. I guess. I yeah, yeah. Like like to me, um, that's like a a modern variants of math yeah. rock yeah i guess so yeah Progressive yeah math, math rock yeah i guess so, so yeah I mean, yeah that's, that's, that's true that's one branch of the of music that is like yeah setting the scene for future rock or future i guess metal. so yeah yeah which is which Maybe. is interesting um but yeah. what i wanted what i was actually getting at is that a lot of the, like manufacturers these days like oh like tonality kind of like differences yeah like like they're they're trying it's funny how they're trying to like emulate stuff from the 50s and the 70s because people like old stuff yeah (laughs) guitar players like guitar players like old stuff it's it's so strange like the reason why why Strymon released the Volante really is like to try to emulate this um, this tape delay rack yeah, which was called the the echo rack, which mm. was used by people like Pink Floyd, and yeah, heaps yeah. of other artists to create that mm. that saturated tape delay feedback sound. That it sounds really cool, right? But yeah, if you yeah. wanted to create that sound back in the day, you needed to have this really expensive rack unit that took up heaps of space, right? And cost yeah, yeah. a lot to maintain but the things you could do with tape and the way that mm. tape decays right it's like back in the day people were pushing for more high fidelity and clean sounding recordings but right. then again when we got that digital recording technique laid down <laughs> people didn't want that there was something about <laughs> tape and saturation <laughs> that you just could not recreate in a pristine digital environment that yeah. sounded cool and sterile to many people and yeah, it's I so interesting how technology seems to be arcing to recreate those sounds it's <laughs> kind of like a back to the future kind of thing where it's I like, guess so yeah, yeah. living in the back to the future is someone going to pop up with a DeLorean <laughs> yeah that's it where, where it's like people are reaching back into the past and instead of like recreating tube amps they're using algorithms and irs and software to recreate a classic sound 
uh, from the 50s yeah. so sound from I the 70s so, yeah. and it's yeah yeah and it's so interesting because we we are living in like a golden age of guitar and guitar music production is like w- like you can choose any sound you want from the 50s to the 60s the 70s early 2000s you can choose to emulate any artist you want so it's really yeah. like kind of like a back to the future moment like I guess so, like yeah. When you get into this DeLorean, it could be your door, it could be your <laughs> multi-effects, and you could choose any sound you want from any era. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I is, guess so. Which is so interesting. Or, or, even, <laughs> or even, I would say, photography today with all your filters, mm. right? You could That's choose, true. You could choose a look, right, like that emulated a particular film camera that's true that's true yeah <laughs> it's so interesting like, <laughs> that's true you people could, yeah people love that shiz yeah you could cycle <laughs> through all these different themes and you could that's settle true. on one that you like so yeah 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 so I mean it's it's, it's a curious thing eh fascinating but at the same time it's like you know it's there is a difference right between like a theme that's actually cool right and yeah yeah, versus a theme that is, you know, just contrived, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, a good example of a, con- of a contrived theme is what they tried to recreate in China, right? They have this, like, right. theme park, which is called Window to the World, right? And they have oh, these, okay. like, really bad-looking replicas of, like, the Eiffel <laughs> yeah. Tower, the yeah, Statue yeah. of Liberty... And the right. opera house. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like they're trying to create this theme of like the world's expo or the world's convention. Oh, like, Come okay. and, and see and witness for yourself <laughs> all the wonders of the world. <laughs> but in a I very kishy like Chinese Disneyland-esque <laughs> zoo of yeah. architectural yeah. mock-ups that, right. just, that are just really contrived. Right, right. right. It's like, yeah, it's like we built this. Like, come and see. It's like, yeah, but it looks really fake. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I guess so, eh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yes, it may have a theme, but it kind of lacks the nuance and the sophistication. Right. Right. Yeah. Of like, I guess so. Yeah. Of like, because like there is like the difference, right? When you're when you're like trying to be thematic. And you're trying to mm. replicate something, right? We, yeah. we're, we're, like when you're trying to replicate something like an echo rack tape delay, and right. you've got a company like Strymon <laughs> with like their insane mm. attention to details, like they rec- yeah, yeah. They, they try to like recreate every nuance of the the, the tape machine using algorithms and software and chips, and yeah. coming really close to it. Like, not 100%, but, like, first of all, coming really close to it, but at the same time, delivering that expertise in a Strymon sort of style, in a Strymon sort of format that no other company could, like, produce. Mm. And I think that's, like, a hallmark of, like, people or companies or stories that that execute a theme really successfully but they execute right. it in their own way yeah, kind of yeah. like okay like look at Disney's Beauty and the Beast for example right they're not yeah. trying to retell the original fairy tale 
obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, their their theme is still pretty much inspired by the original, by the fairy tale. But I guess so. Yeah. In a more kid friendly format, so. Well, at least the the original one, anyway. I don't know the the live action versions of some of the Disney films are a bit hit or miss. I think. Yeah, that on, that was the based, other based thing. On, yeah, based on the other, based on the reviews I've heard. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll save that for another episode. Okay, I think. fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I think we've covered a lot in this episode. I think we're I think we're uh, we're about to hit our one hour mark. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> and we've we've spawned a few ideas for other podcast episodes as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think but it's I think, it's fitting yeah. for us to stop at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think so too. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I think I guess to kind of summarize I think what we've talked about I think is that I think I think when it comes to themes it's it's definitely something that sometimes anyway at least when you're creative you definitely discover it while you're creating kind of thing. Sometimes you find it it's more so of that at least for a lot of artists it's more of like you're kind of finding it out as you're going or whatever yeah, or, as you're creating and you're realizing you're there's a theme. Um and then and then I guess the other thing is is that yeah, like being able to execute that theme is, you know, is another matter in of itself. That's it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think like um I think at the root of all this, ultimately we just want I, I guess as not not only just as creatives, but also as consumers of um art and whatnot, I think ultimately we all um, I think the idea of having a theme is something that is very important in some way, in some shape or form. It's, I think, something very important. So definitely something like um, I hope for any of you guys that are creatives as well, like um, something, I guess, to think about when you are creating a body of work is that, you know, trying to think about not necessarily trying to go in with a theme, but kind of paying attention to like those little nuances and details of like noticing the patterns anyway within your work and being able to kind of identify that i think that's a um a real important skill to have anyway for yeah, sure definitely. you know um yeah. yeah um but yeah i think if there's nothing else you want to add Aaron, uh i don't know it, well, I, I think I, we're I, I think i've i've you said your already you said your yeah. you said your piece you, you've had a good rant session today as well and you got your rants out and <laughs> with 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 on some more ideas for future episodes yeah so for sure i think but yeah we should we should leave it <laughs> as is yeah over there. um but yeah once again guys uh thank you guys if you've stuck around this long i guess you might as well follow us on spotify and apple music i mean if you if you go into this point of the episode like yeah come guys. on yeah guys, come on come on, come on. <laughs> yeah but once again you know thank you guys for listening to the um the podcast uh and um yeah you know we put up basically episodes every at least every fortnight or so um so you know so stay you know keep you know just follow, give us a follow to keep up to date with uh, any new episodes we're putting out um you know we're all about if you know if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast you know we're uh, i guess our kind of focus is more creative kind of stuff so if this is your jam you know give us a follow and all that good stuff cool um but yeah but yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, you know, stay safe and, uh, yeah, you know, keep writing, keep creating and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. So, see ya. Take care, guys.